ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد there is one surah in particular that specifically helps to uplift the internal condition of a believer and this surah is none other than surah al-duha In this surah of the Quran, it's rather short, powerful and succinct. But there's such a bright message contained within it that it's always beneficial for each and every one of us to connect with it in general and especially specifically when going through hard times. This surah reminds us of Allah's impeccable timing. This surah reminds us that when even the best of creation himself sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam when he was going through a hard time how did Allah respond So it relates to us specifically and generally here and now that's one layer and another more important layer is for us to reflect on what the context was behind why the surah was revealed and when the surah was revealed and what does allah say within this specific surah with those conditions in mind with that specific context in mind there are four main sections to this surah in the first primary section look at what allah prioritizes look at what allah azza wa jalla focuses on first and foremost and to truly appreciate this and understand this we need to take a step back and look at why the surah was revealed in the first place The Prophet himself sallallahu alaihi wa sallam he was feeling low internally there was a gap in time of revelation he was missing jibril alayhi salam he was unsure what the cause was behind that break that break in revelation that gap he didn't know why it was happening so internally he was he was feeling down he was feeling low how did allah respond the first thing allah azza wa jalla prioritizes in this surah is the internal emotional state of the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam the first thing that allah azza wa jalla did allah validated where the prophet was coming from and how he was feeling at that time this is not something to be underestimated One of the lessons we can glean from this that we can extrapolate from this even the prophet himself had ups and downs alayhi salatu wasalam and just because there were ups and downs especially in connection with the downs that didn't necessarily mean and this is something we often misunderstand in the broader muslim community 
Just because there were low points in his life, just because there were times of challenges and struggles, that didn't necessarily mean at all. That was not a reflection at all of the Prophet's iman being low. Nobody would think that, nobody would say that, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. After Sayyidah Khadija passes away, his beloved wife of 25 years, after his beloved uncle Abu Talib passes away, especially because he lost these two extremely critical pillars of support. Sayyidah Khadija, primarily internal support. Abu Talib, primarily external support, especially providing this very solid political shield. Now both of these pillars of support are gone, especially internally, especially externally. Because of this, he goes to Ta'if. The Muslims can't be in Mecca any longer. They already had it rough. Now, now who's in control? People like Abu Jahal, Abu Lahab, Umay bin Khalaf. He has to look elsewhere. He was already dealing with so many challenges, with so much weight, with so much pain. And on top of that, he goes to Ta'if and we know how he was treated there. Later on when Sayyidina Aisha asked him if the day of Uhud was the most difficult day in his life, he said no, it was the day of Ta'if. One of the reasons why, because of what he was already going through, because of the weight he was already carrying, and then on top of that, he was chased out of Ta'if extremely horrendously, to the point where rocks are thrown at him and as soon as he exits the parameters of the city, he's bleeding. He's really going through it. The year after that is known as what? The year of sorrow, the year of huzn, the year of grief. Nobody would go to the Prophet and say, why are you feeling down? Is your iman low? So then why do we say these types of things to each other? Would anyone go to Sayyidina Yaqub alayhi salam, وَبِيَضَّتْ عَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْحُزْنِ فَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ Who had cried so much for years and years and years after losing his son Yusuf alayhi salam. He cried so much that Allah mentions that he literally went blind. He lost his vision because of that pain. Would any of us go to, to Prophet Yaqub? Would any of us dare to go to Prophet Yaqub, this Nabi of Allah? And tell him that, I think your iman is low. Why are you still crying? Your son is from the dunya. You need to get over it and move on. None of us would dare do that. So then why do we speak with each other in this way? The first thing Allah Azza wa Jal does in Surah Al-Duha, the first thing He does, He takes care of the Prophet's heart. Priority number one, the Prophet is feeling uneasy in his heart, he's feeling some type of discomfort. You could even say some type of pain. The first thing Allah does, Allah heals that. Allah doesn't just heal it, look at how Allah prefaces that verse of healing. Allah swears by the morning light, Allah swears by the night when it's still. Allah didn't just tell the Prophet because the Prophet wasn't sure, is Allah upset with me? Is Allah angry with me? Is Allah mad at me? There's something happening, I don't know why. So the first thing he did, and we can learn lessons from this to reflect internally, was there something that I may have done or said? And Allah reveals this surah and the first thing Allah prioritizes, Allah removes that discomfort, that uneasiness that was in the heart of the Prophet Allah offers a solution. 
Allah, Allah offers medicine, Allah offers healing. This is what the Qur'an is supposed to do for us, and this is what the Qur'an is supposed to inspire us to do for others. When Allah says, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ when Allah says that this Qur'an is healing and mercy for the believers, in turn, by embracing the Qur'an as our closest friend, we should become, because you're on the deen of your closest friend. You're on the deen of your Khalil. So look at who you're closest with. If you take the Qur'an as your Khalil, if you take the Qur'an as your closest friend, the Qur'an's going to rub off on you. The Qur'an is going to permeate your heart, your words, your actions, your character, your entire being. And you're going to start to reflect the traits of that Qur'an that you've embraced as a friend. You will become a person of healing in this world. You will become a person of mercy in this world. It doesn't just stop at the Qur'an coming inside. There's what's coming in and there's what's going out. It's supposed to enter and purify, and polish, and improve for each and every one of us. And then there's supposed to be a result that comes from that. We're supposed to produce mercy. We're supposed to become people of healing. Look at what Allah does. Allah swears. Allah could have just said, I'm not upset with you. Allah didn't leave it at that. Allah took it to a higher level. Allah swears by the morning light. Allah swears by the night when it's still. مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَهُ Allah makes it very, very, very clear to the Prophet ﷺ. Your Lord is not upset with you. He's not forsaken you. ﷺ. So the first thing Allah did, Allah focused on the condition of the heart of the Prophet ﷺ. That's what Allah prioritized. That's what Allah focused on first. That has to do with the present. Again, there are four main sections to the surah. The first section has to do with the present. And then Allah shifts gears from the present to the future. Allah is, so imagine a graph, imagine a diagonal line. And imagine in the middle of that line there's a point, that point being the present. So first, Allah focuses on the present. Allah swears, Allah swears, in no way, shape, or form is He upset with the Prophet ﷺ. And then Allah shifts to the future. And what is coming is definitely, وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَىٰ is definitely going to be even better than what came before it. You can understand this in the micro sense and the macro sense. In the micro sense, regarding this very limited finite dunya, even within the dunya, things are going to improve over time. And then you zoom out from a macro sense. When you compare this life to the next life, the next life is going to be so much better for you. So Allah goes first, the present. Because when someone is going through pain, you have to focus on that point in time specifically, especially when it's too difficult to even look past that day or the day afterwards. It may be too difficult because of the challenges that they've been through, what they're going through at that time. The first thing Allah does, Allah offers words of comfort regarding the present. Then Allah shifts to the future. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then Allah reminds the Prophet of the past. 
ووجدك ضالا فهدى ووجدك عائلا فأغنى then Allah shifts again Allah shifts gears again the perspective the paradigm is not going to the past didn't we find you going through struggle A and we helped you didn't we find you going through struggle B and we helped you didn't we find you going through struggle C and we helped you Allah starts with the present, then Allah focuses on the future. Things are going to get better. And sometimes when we hear that now, it may be so hard to imagine. It may be so hard to envision, to picture. How can things possibly get better? How? We may not be able to see it. But again, remind yourself of Allah's timing. Prophet Yusuf was just mentioned a few moments ago. What does Allah say? Again, divine timing when he enters jail as a completely innocent man. There were two other young men who entered jail with him. Out of those two, one of them ended up passing away soon after that. One of them is left. They happen to all be entering at the same time. And the story unfolds, we won't get into that now. But the point is how many people, they just so happen to be entering at that same time too. And then one of them is gone very soon afterwards. That leaves one. So then he gets out. Years later, that one person mentions to the king because his dream couldn't be interpreted by anyone. I know someone who can help. That one person was reminded of one person, Prophet Yusuf, who might be able to help. So he goes to him, that whole story unfolds. Overnight, Allah takes Prophet Yusuf السلام, literally from rags to riches. Overnight. And then you look back at the divine timing, who would have thought from the human eye, what are the chances that he's going to get out, period? You have this whole corrupt system and this, that, and the other. When Allah decides something, it's going to happen. With Allah, it's that simple. Allah is different. That one person years later, ends up being the key to assist in changing the condition of Prophet Yusuf What does Allah do here? Allah reminds the Prophet remember when you were an orphan and we helped you? Remember when you were seeking and we guided you? Remember when you were poor and we enriched you? So Allah is reminding the Prophet regarding the present, then the future, and then the past. So we should all think within our own lives. Remember situation A, when we thought it was completely hopeless. In our own lives, we were sure that it was completely hopeless. And then Allah gave us hope. And somehow Allah made things better, not only better, better in ways we could have never imagined. Blessings and benefits that we're probably continuing to benefit from until today, even if something happened 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Allah knows. But we have to turn to Him. We have to do our part. Allah focuses on the present first. And then Allah tells the Prophet about the future. And then Allah reminds the Prophet about the past. A, B, and C. And then it shifts back again to the present. أَلَمْ يَجِدِكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى What was mentioned? A, B, and C. The last three A is mirror A. Mirror B and mirror C. فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ 
Allah just reminded the Prophet, remember when you were a yatim, when you were an orphan and we helped you? So then fast forwarding to now from the present, from the past to the present, now if someone who's an orphan comes to you, there's the importance of helping them. Don't forget where you came from is part of it. There's also the importance of the action item. Help people now who are struggling in ways that you once struggled. When you were an, you were an orphan, Allah helped you, والسلام, So now in the present, help orphans. And for those who have questions, especially about deen, regarding the Prophet والسلام, then don't turn them away. Even if someone is poor, if they're asking for some kind of assistance, then try to help them. Sometimes we forget the blessings that we have because understandably there's this unbearable type of pain, difficulty and challenge. It could be someone struggling with their kids, whether they're teenagers or otherwise. It could be somebody struggling in their marriage. It could be somebody struggling at work, in school, maybe all of the above, all at the same time. This surah reminds us, Surah Al-Duha reminds us that yes, we can have hope and we should try to have hope and Allah does not leave us empty-handed, Allah gives us a formula. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabiyya ya ayuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I want to conclude this brief reminder with the action items that Allah gave us in this very surah If someone wants something from Allah now we all want something, we all want many things from Allah. Let us reflect, let us compare and contrast how much do we want from Allah and then how much does Allah want from us? How much do we want to do to facilitate Allah helping us? There is a connection between the two. If you want Allah to really help you, then take a step back and reflect and think, what can I do to help others? If you want Allah to really help you, then put in the effort and the work to really help others. The three action items that are mentioned at the end, what's prioritized? The importance of helping orphans. What's prioritized? The importance of Islamic education. What's prioritized? Gratitude, appreciating the blessings that we have. So between today and next Friday, the reality is Allah knows how long we have to live. We hope for long, healthy, happy lives, the reality is we don't know. So let's make the intention now to take something from this surah, some kind of action item, and put it into practice between today and next Jum'ah. Between today and next week. We don't just want to come to Jum'ah and then leave, and then after that nothing changes. We have to make changes. This is non-negotiable, albeit something small. Even if it's something small, never underestimate that dollar that you put in sadaqah, that dollar you put towards helping orphans, that dollar you put towards Islamic education, whatever it may be. Allah is giving us a formula. If we're feeling down, step one, we should connect with the surah. Step two, after connecting with it, how can I take something from this and put it into practice? How can I turn the theory into practice? How can I take these words and turn them into actions?
Through that, Allah will help us. Through that, Allah will improve our situation and things will improve and get better and better as sure as the sun is going to rise tomorrow. It's not just about learning, but it's also about living. We don't want to show up on the Day of Judgment and we're asked questions and then we end up testifying against ourselves. At the end of Surah Al-Zumar, look at conceptually, conceptually, in principle, look at the questions that are asked. أَلَمْ يَأْتِكُمْ رُسُلٌ مِّنْكُمْ يَتْلُونَ عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتِ رَبِّكُمْ وَيُنْذِرُنَّكُمْ لِقَاءَ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا قَالُوا بَلَى Angels ask people before they end up in a very bad situation. May Allah protect us from that. Didn't a messenger come to you from among yourselves? Didn't you know about the ayat of Allah? Didn't you know about the Day of Judgment? They respond saying, yes, we did. They knew, but they didn't do. They didn't take the information, the knowledge, and live it. Ain't nobody here perfect. Don't get it twisted. But if we can do something small that's good, then hopefully we end up on the other side of that spectrum. Salamun alaykum tibitum fadkhuluha khalidin. Notice something. People entering Jannah, they're not asked anything. They already answered their questions. They already passed the test. They already got their grade. They're told, peace be unto you and good job. Enter, you're not going anywhere. We ask Allah to make us from among the people of Jannah. We ask Allah to make us from among people of action. We ask Allah to make us from among people of beneficial knowledge who take that knowledge and put it into practice as best we can. We ask Allah to increase all of us in hope. For anyone here struggling with any challenge, we ask Allah to help them with that challenge. For anyone here who's struggling with the sunken place, we ask Allah to lift them out of that sunken place into a place that is far better. And we ask Allah to help them to pay it forward and to help others who may be struggling struggling in the future. We ask Allah for the best of this life and the next and we ask Allah for His protection. We ask Allah to accept any good that we try to do for His sake and we beg Allah to forgive us for the many mistakes that we've committed. رَبَّنَا تَقَبَلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ سَمِيلَ عَلِيمُ وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ تَوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسْنَ وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسْنَ وَقِنْ عَذَابَ النَّارِ ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين وأقم الصلاة